0: It's Twin Bills, the Red Sox podcast from the Sports Department of the Providence Journal. Featuring Red Sox beat writer Bill Koch, along with sports editor Bill Corey. Now, Twin Bills. Hello and welcome to this week's edition of the Twin Bills, a Red Sox podcast. I'm Providence Journal sports editor Bill Corey. With me is a hurried...
1: Uh, Bill Koch, who has a train to catch, right, Bill? Yep. Uh, head, heading down to New York, have a train to catch out of Providence, and uh, we're squeezing in the twin bills uh, here. That doesn't mean that we're going to make it any shorter than it normally is. <laughs> it just means that right. I might need to run up the hill to the station uh, right.
0: toward the statehouse. will just use your cell phone, and you will just wire you in here. That's right. Now, uh, That's right. So, uh, so the... Red Sox-Yankees series opens up tomorrow night. Well, actually, tomorrow after. That's the first question. Why are they playing a 1 o'clock game uh, in the Bronx to start the series off? Is there like a Billy Joel concert or something? Uh, I I
1: think it has to do with the Jewish holiday Uh,
0: on Tuesday. uh, Okay. All right. Well, that makes sense.
1: I think that's what they're doing.
0: Ah, okay. Uh, So, uh, the Red Sox, uh, as we record this now on a Monday morning, are 103-47. and The magic number is down to a measly two games. And... Uh, as you noted a few min- moments ago, they're playing the Yankees, so it's really just one game. Just win the game and it's over, right? The uh, division is clinched.
1: Right. To remind folks, uh, the magic number is a combination of any Red Sox wins and any Yankee losses. So, by definition, if the Red Sox were to beat the Yankees, both things occur. Got both of them, right. Uh, so the Sox are
0: coming off a sweep of the Toronto Blue Jays and then taking two out of three against the New York Mets over the weekend um, to get that magic number down to two. Couple of things we should hit on here uh, in terms of the weekend series. The first of the uh, the first is positive news, I guess is. Uh, that the performance of
1: Chris Sale went as expected or even better than expected, didn't it, Bill? Yeah, on Sunday, I thought he was very good. It, it was certainly an improvement from his first uh, start back from the left shoulder inflammation. Uh, only needed 42 pitches to go three innings, went out to the bullpen and threw more on top of that. Uh, they're doing that so that he's in a controlled environment. They wanted to get him up to around 55 or 60. What they don't want is for him to be in the middle of an at bat, have a hitter fouling off five or six pitches in a row, have Sale grinding. It's much like his last outing. Um, But he was much sharper. Um, You could see his pace was much better. Yeah, and you can see his location was better as well. His command was was much improved. Uh, His velocity was right about where it should be. Uh, Off-speed stuff was better. So I would say a a big step forward for Chris Sale. And I'd say he's right on schedule to make at least two more starts here and and sort of stretch it out even more uh, going into October. So the plan for Chris Sale here is next
0: start. Do you think they take the reins off, or does he still get limited maybe to, I don't know, six innings, 80 pitches? Something like
1: that. Uh, I think he'd probably. You know, be somewhere in the area of five innings, yeah. you know, maybe 70 pitches or so. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, That might include on the mound and off the mound. They might send him out to the bullpen again. Uh, I think his last start, whenever he makes that, you'll probably see something in the area of five to six innings, maybe 80, 85, 90 pitches, somewhere in there. Um, he says he feels good, and he's confident with the course that they've set, and I think that's probably more important than anything else. It's certainly more important than the end product now because – Regardless of the results in the games that he pitches, it looks like the Red Sox are going to lock this up. Sure. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> could happen
0: as soon as uh, uh, tomorrow afternoon uh, in the Bronx. Uh, but uh, can't imagine it's going to go much beyond that. Um, uh, so that was the good news, I guess. The not-so-good news is what happened to Mookie Betts uh, trying to throw a runner-out tagging from third uh, from right field when he... Fielded a fly ball and uh, sort of short-armed it, is the way they described it on the telecast. And you could tell he really didn't put his his entire uh, body into that throw. Um, And it's been uh, he was taken out of the game. He had this left side soreness. Are we, uh, are we supposed to get concerned here, Bill?
1: Well, the only worrying thing for me is that he experienced something similar uh, in late May and early June uh, when the Red Sox were actually visiting the Astros. Uh, you know, he, he struggled with this. He went on the disabled list uh, you know, in early June uh, with what they said at the time. Was an abdominal strain on his left side. Um, You know, you look at his 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 numbers recently hasn't been homering, which might suggest that, you know, he might not be lengthening the swing or you know swinging with the ferocity that he did early in the season. Um, You know, and the throw, as you mentioned, it was a a play at the plate. um, You know, where he sort of came in. You know, fielded the ball on the side. and probably about three quarters of the way through the throw, he he almost stopped. Yeah, and and the ball sort of you know rolled into it, the plate. Yeah, it, it took two it took, or three bounces. Right, it took and a couple
0: and, more hops than you think you think uh, it should have from that distance.
1: It was it was very strange uh, for a guy with a plus arm. Yeah, you know you look at it and you say, ooh, you know that that might be a little concerning. Um, you know I I think it's a, as you said before we came on the podcast, it's a rest injury. Uh, you know it's something that you don't necessarily heal with surgery or treat or anything else you, you sort of let the player sit out and stretch and recuperate and go through treatment but I wonder how long this issue has been going on because his last 33 games Mookie Betts hit two home runs
0: hmm. that's not like in this year for sure
1: No, so you, you really have to wonder now the, the production is still there he's, he's slashing 302, 420, 457 in that time mm-hmm. but the two home runs in 33 games that's concerning for me
0: yeah, and it, and it should be obviously you you need a, a full strength uh, Mookie Betts to help anchor that lineup along with J.D. Martinez when you get to when um, you get to October. So yeah, I mean it, it really is. It's just a uh, it's just a rest injury. Hopefully, I mean they've got 12 games left, I believe 150 uh, games down. Uh, so basically two weeks to go. Why not just essentially give him most of that time off? You know, obviously you don't want him to get so rusty, but the main thing here is that. He rests and, and, and uh, gets back to close to full strength once you, start the,
1: uh, once you start the playoffs. Yeah, the thing about this is, you know, obviously if you wrap this up, you can give him the next week off. Yeah. It doesn't really do anything against you. Right. Um, you're also going to have time off between your last game against the Yankees and the start of the American League Division Series. Alex Cora has mentioned that they'll probably play some simulated games amongst themselves to try and stay sharp. Mm-hmm. You can monitor his at-bats in that time. You could take him out of the field completely. You could just have him hit. Um, you know, And, and you can... Kind of like what they're doing here with Sale when they send him to the bullpen, you can sort of rehab Mookie Betts in a controlled environment. He's not really going to need that game action. He's going to be sharp enough because you're going to have the time to design something for him facing his own pitchers to be sharp enough and, and good enough when the time comes in right. October. Right.
0: You know, uh, I think the only thing they left they have left to play for. You know, obviously the division is still uh, hasn't been clinched, but that's a, essentially a foregone conclusion. The only other thing, really, is uh, you know uh, home field advantage throughout the playoffs and I believe on the telecast over the weekend and probably yesterday they, they mentioned it's like the magic number to clinch that is like six. Well, I'm, so, I'm so, looking
1: at the standings yeah. now. They're, they're 20 games ahead of the Indians so that's not a concern. Right. Um, they're nine games ahead of the Astros. The Astros, yeah. Uh, well, actually it would be eight and a half. It's, it's eight in the loss column. Okay. Um, you know, so, that's really the only team that, that can come close to them. right? Uh, and an eight-game lead with 12 to play you know, is essentially the same math that we've been doing in terms of the Red Sox beating the Yankees. Mm. Boston would have to go something like 4-8, and eight, and Houston would have to go 13-0 and 0 right. to catch them. Right,
0: right. Uh, so uh, what you're saying then is that there really should not be a, a lot of drama in at least getting to that point as well. Not at all. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Um, so let's take a quick look at the, uh, at, the, at the roster here before we get to the playoffs uh, in terms of injuries. Um, who else concerns you? We talked about, obviously, Chris Sale looks like he's, he's back. Uh, Stephen Wright has been doing great for them or, yeah, for the most part, I would say pretty pretty great. Uh, what are the other injury concerns here going into uh, the final couple of weeks?
1: Well, Matt Barnes, certainly. Uh, you know, and you mm-hmm. wonder if, if we're going to see him at any point on this road trip. I, I suspect that we will. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he's battled left hip inflammation. He threw a bullpen session on Friday. He was supposed to throw another one on Sunday. I, I assume that we're going to get a pregame update on him for Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Uh, this also could come at a good time for Barnes because he has been used heavily uh, in high leverage situations yeah. throughout the year, uh, you know, so maybe you you sort of take this as a, a blessing in a way. It's a week's rest for him, and, and he'll come back fresh uh, because he's clearly the best alternative they have in the eighth inning. Sure. Sure. Um, you know, folks can look at his walk rate, and and that's a justified concern. Um, but you look at the strikeout rate, you look at the contact rate against him, um, the opposing OPS against him. He's clearly the best guy. To set up for Craig Kimbrell out of an imperfect group. That, oh, that's 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 the key word right
0: there uh, of the group that you have, and this is this is it. This is the group. I mean, that's you're right. not getting you're not getting uh, anybody uh, coming in here and and being the uh, the setup guy of that group that uh, that you have. I would certainly go with a uh, healthy Matt Barnes.
1: You know, and anything that you want to say about well, Dave Dombrowski should have made a trade, and he should have addressed this, and he should have done that. Yeah, that's in the past now.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's it's true. He probably should have addressed it, but you're right. I mean, here we are, you know... September seventeenth, nothing is going to change. This is this is the uh, the group of guys we're going to war with, so to speak. Right? That's
1: that's a conversation that will be had later on in October, uh, if the Red Sox ultimately don't win the World Series. Yeah. Uh, you know, especially if if they're eliminated in the first round of the playoffs again. Well, that would be a disaster, right? I mean, that's, absolutely. You know,
0: th- for a team that's going to uh, essentially break its own franchise record for wins, which should happen this week, and for uh, you know uh, winning the uh the the American League East for the third season in a row again that should happen this week uh could happen tomorrow you know for them to you know and I'm, I was trying to think of okay well what what qualifies as a as a disappointment and what qualifies as a as a successful year obviously we have two extremes if they win the World Series it's a successful year if they if they get bounced in the first round of the playoffs that they play that's a disappointment so that's those are those are the two fence posts and that's easy to define but what else I mean for me you have to get to the World Series I think for this team to to say okay, we've had a successful year, we've we've won the American League, uh, and we've gotten ourselves to the World Series. I think short of that, I think for me personally, would be a disappointing season.
1: For me, I, I look at it and I think that the three best teams in baseball right now as they stand are in the American League. And yep. It's Boston, Houston, and Cleveland. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that if you lose in the ALCS to Houston, and they were to go on and win the World Series, there's no shame in that. Okay, um, I think Houston's a very good team. I, I would probably they certainly are. Yeah, I, I might make them a slight favorite in a series with the Red Sox. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I just think they're outstanding, and I think that the fact that their lineup is so right-handed matches up well against Boston's left-handed mm-hmm. pitching. Mm-hmm. I, I think that helps them. Um, I also think that you know they've done this before their guys have performed in the postseason. Their starting pitching has been very good, whether it's for Lander, um, you know, Lance McCullers was great last postseason. Charlie Morton was great last postseason. We'll get a chance to see what Garrett Cole can do here. Um, you know, but just the the personnel there, they're a very, very good team. Um, you know, after that I don't see any reason why the Red Sox shouldn't be in the ALCS. I'm not afraid of the Yankees. I right. wouldn't be afraid of the A's either. Sure. Um, you know the Yankees are diminished here. They're obviously battling their own injuries. Oakland is sort of running out of steam here down the stretch. Their lack of starting pitching is starting yeah, to catch and, up. To and them. they just
0: lost Sean Manaya last lost week. Lost
1: Sean Manaya. Yeah. Brett Anderson is fresh off the DL. Right. Uh, you know the the rest of their guys are bubblegum and duct tape. You're talking about Trevor Cahill <laughs> and Edwin Jackson. Yeah. If you can't beat those guys in a postseason series, right? Then this. Great offense that you have in Boston isn't what we thought it was cracked up to be. Right, right. Um, So I'm not worried about any of those. I I think if you play in the ALCS and you lose to Houston, I think that's acceptable so Mm -hmm. long as you don't get swept. You know, you need to extend the series in some way. Well, you know,
0: and that's certainly that's a reasonable take on it. But I guess the one thing I would say is, wasn't Houston the team that eliminated you last year? So in in some sense, like it almost doesn't matter when you face Houston. If they beat you again, then you know. Have you really improved upon last year? I mean, yes, all the numbers show that you've improved. But if you, once again meet the Houston Astros in the playoffs, whether it's the first round or the ALCS and they're the team that takes you out. You know, you could very well look back on it and say, Well, we really haven't progressed much since last year, which they have in every other measurable category, but essentially you hit the Astros and they take you out. Or I would just say that
1: Houston's just better. Yeah. They're no, just better than you yeah, are. They could be um yeah. you know there were there were years and years and years where the Celtics were the best team in the Eastern Conference and, and how many challengers did they turn away, whether it was the Knicks or the 76ers or the Bucks for right. so long, you know, right. as, as Michael Felger would tell you, he had <laughs> right. to watch those Bucks teams with Paul Pressey and yeah. Sidney Moncrief and right. all those guys just get run over by Larry Bird. Right? You know, then the Bucks were good; they won a lot of games, but they mm-hmm. just couldn't slay Goliath. Yeah, they weren't
0: that good. They weren't as good as the Celtics in those okay. years, right?
1: You know, and in this case, I, I think Houston has something like that. I, I think they're a very good team. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. You know. Going back to the injury concerns, I think the one other guy that you would look at would be Eduardo Nunez, uh, and we might see him in this series against the Yankees. Uh, sort of had an awkward fall into the first base bag. Uh, it really was because it, it was you know it was clear that he
0: thought he was going to be thrown out. I think, and he kind of eased up a little bit, and then it, and then it you know it became evident that he had a chance at it, and then he sort of uh, turned on the jets. And yeah, it was just weird
1: and and just uh, it looked painful. Well, it's it's. <laughs> You know, like they constantly say about athletes that most injuries are caused by indecision. Yeah. And if you're playing at full speed, you're, you're less likely to get hurt. Yeah. Uh, Nunez sort of, you know, he slowed up, looked like he had a chance to be safe at first, and then was caught in between running through the bag and diving head first and sort of did both. Yeah, right. <laughs> but also did <laughs> neither either. of them very well. Yeah, right. also did neither. <laughs> yeah. Um, he had the right knee problem, obviously, at the end of last year. Yeah, and, and was, boy, you
0: can, you, you can always see that in
1: your mind, too, how he just crumpled at the plate and he needed to
0: be helped by the field. Yeah, right. Twice right. at the yeah. end of
1: the regular season and then in the first game of the playoffs. Um, the shame of it was, was he's been talking for the last two weeks about how this is the best he's felt. Since before that, Mm -hmm. you know, since the Red Sox acquired him really last year, uh, and you started to see that, you know, he was sort of taking ownership of that spot at third base, and and it was going to be very easy to pencil him in the lineup uh, in the playoffs, and he says he's fine, he's feeling better. Uh, if he plays in New York, I think that'd be a really good sign. Mm. Um, and if he's able to play a few games here, whether it be in Cleveland or once they get back home against Baltimore or the Yankees, I think that would be a really good sign because I, I think, for better or for worse, he's the front runner at third base right now. And you know, you can see that when he has it going, he can be a little bit of a factor here in the bottom half of this lineup. Yeah, he is. He's one of those streaky
0: hitters, and when he does have it going, he surprises you. He can hit for power. Uh, he can drive in some runs, uh, but yeah, it's it's uh, you know it's a question of his health. So uh, so let's let's uh, play what you uh, affectionately call uh, roster bingo. Uh, we, <laughs> yep. we don't we don't have it just for our listeners. It's not like we have a big uh, you know uh, tube with the flying balls and, and people uh, spinning it for. Us. So we're just going to focus on the names here. Um, it, it might be it might be better to call it roster darts because we're just kind of throwing <laughs> things at the board here. Well, we have we have a few weeks to go so we can certainly change our minds right, right. but right uh, so obviously you know you know um, the big questions here I think are who's going to be in the bullpen are they going to carry three catchers And then I've got a couple of wild card questions for you but why don't we start sure. with the bullpen first of all who are the gimmies who are the people who are obviously going to be in the bullpen clearly Craig Kimbrell well, will just be.
1: just start with pitchers in general and the starting pitchers. Yeah. okay Chris Sale sure David Price Rick Porcello mm-hmm. Eduardo Rodriguez I think those are your four starters Definitely I would agree
0: the first three And I would say you know, you're know you probably right with, with Erod Because if it's not Erod, who would it be? It'd be Nathan Evaldi, Yeah, who, who I don't think is going to Who's not going to crack the top four, I don't think
1: he, he starts Tuesday in New York But I think you're going to see him slide into the bullpen um, So that gives you five pitchers mm-hmm. In the bullpen now, you start at the back end You're going to have Craig Kimbrell Matt Barnes is going to be there Ryan Brazier is going to be there. Yep. He he's pitched himself into a spot where he's a credible threat to pitch a seventh inning in the playoff game. Uh, you know he's been very good. No, yeah, he's been a nice surprise this year. Really came out of
0: nowhere and and uh, and you could tell Alex Cora has been trusting him or at least giving him the chance to convince him to stay in the uh, to stay in the rotation.
1: The, the one thing that Brazier has separating himself from the rest of the bullpen, actually, it's two things. He doesn't give up home runs. Yeah. And he walks 1.8 guys per nine innings. Uh, the rest of those guys out there, um, you know, you're looking at uh, Kimbrell's at 4.3. Kelly's at 4.2. Barnes is at 4.5. Hemby's at 4.3. So Brazier isn't going to beat himself. Right. He's not going to put guys on. Per se. He's yeah. going to have to give up two or three hits in a row. Uh, and he only gives up five and a half hits per nine innings. So his numbers take out his pedigree, take out that he was pitching in Japan last mm-hmm. year and what you think of him and how he can't be, you know, how you should have traded for Ryan Presley or Brad Hand and they'd be so much better. What Brazier has actually given you when he's been on the mound has been very, very good mm-hmm. and, and should be worthy of a spot the back end of that bullpen. So that leads us to which question? Well, that gets you to eight pitchers yeah. and, and it leads you to who else you're going to have. Uh, personally, I think they're going to take Heath Hembry. Um I think he'd sort of be on the back side of, mm-hmm. of what they would use. Um, I think Brandon Workman is making a late run here. At a roster spot. Yeah,
0: he has been good as of late. He's been very uh, versatile as well. He can come in early in the game. He can give you more than one inning if need be.
1: And I think in Workman's case, he does have significant postseason experience from 2013. I know Alex Cora likes that. He's mentioned that several times this year. Um, But from there... Uh, I mean, I think it really depends on how many pitchers versus how many position players you'd like to carry. Uh, if you're only going to carry 11 pitchers, let's say, mm-hmm. and 14 position players, after that first eight, it's going to be very competitive for mm-hmm. those last three spots. And a lot of that is going to depend on whether or not, if you play the Yankees, they're a very right-handed lineup, so you're going to take right-handed pitchers. Yep. Um, that basically eliminates Brian Johnson, Drew Pomeranz. Uh Bobby Pointer has reverse splits, can get righties out. Yeah. So he might have a chance, but you're not going to see a lefty just for the sake of facing other lefties. Okay. The Yankees don't really have those. Mm-hmm. Uh Aaron Hicks comes to mind, Greg Bird if they decide to play him. Um you know, but it's not really it's not really going to be a must against New York's lineup. So remind us here in terms of roster rules for the postseason,
0: do you set one roster for the entire postseason? Are you allowed to change it from series to series? Uh, does it? Are there different rules for the World Series?
1: Uh, you set one roster per series, yep. 25 men. Uh, you can replace an injured player with a player who's been left off. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if you end up playing three series, you submit three different rosters. So in that case, as you said, with the Yankees being heavily right-handed, you could do as
0: you said and go with... Guys that face the that matchup better against the Yankees, and then switch it up if you get to the ALCS.
1: That's right. If if you end up playing Houston, they would be a similar lineup. Their best hitters are right-handed yeah. as well. Uh, the A's have a few more lefties mm-hmm. in there, and and some switch hitters in there. So maybe you know you'd be tempted to go to someone a little different. So the guys that you think aren't going to be on this team, Tyler Thornburg. I don't. I don't see Tyler Thornburg on this roster. Um, I think Joe Kelly is pitching himself off. Yeah. Uh, the the difficult thing with Kelly, and, and Cora has mentioned this multiple times, you're seduced by the raw stuff. The fact that he can throw 100 miles an hour. Right. The fact that he had 25 games after opening day where he was Pretty much unhittable.
0: Yeah, he he started out with the real bang, and for of course, people always point to that to the uh, Yankees fight, and he just (laughs) gained a lot of street cred, I think, with Boston fans for that.
1: There's no question, but you know, I think he squandered most of that at this point. Mm -hmm. Uh, His outing against Houston in that series at Fenway Park last weekend. Uh, where he loads the bases with nobody out, uh, his outing against Toronto the other night, where he comes in with two outs and nobody on, loads the bases and gives up the tying run. Um, you know, it, it's just you can't put him in a game and feel great about him. I I don't think what they've seen lately makes him trustworthy. I, I just don't. And you know, if you take him on the roster, he's the eleventh or twelfth pitcher. Mm-hmm. And you're only going to see him in like the fifteenth inning, <laughs> right? Or in the third inning, if right. one of it, your starters blows up, right?
0: Right. Um, you know, it, or it, if it's a lapper and you just want to save the rest of the bullpen and just get get you know get through it.
1: That's right. And and if you're going to take Joe Kelly in that spot, you may as well take Hector Velasquez because he could give you three innings instead of that's one. That's true. Okay. Or you may as well take Brian Johnson because yep. he could give you four innings instead of one mm-hmm. uh, in a blowout or in a game that you're up by ten runs. Um, I see him pitching his way off this roster. I. I'd, I would only be mildly surprised if he's omitted, uh, only because he, he just hasn't shown enough here mm-hmm. down the stretch. Uh, you know, I think Hembree, I think Hembry makes it uh, because I think Cora likes his ability to come in with guys on base mm-hmm. and sort of get out of those situations. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, he's mentioned multiple times that that's his role, um, and he feels like he could be one of those guys. I think if Workman makes it, it could be at the expense of Hembry. Yep. Because he's been put in some of those situations recently where he's come in with men on base. He cleaned up Kelly's mess the other night against Toronto Mm -hmm. in a 3 3 game uh, where he faced one batter, Billy McKinney, and struck him out. Um, You know, and I think that that was a big spot for him. Sure. Um, You know, but I I think Stephen Wright intrigues them uh, because he can go multiple innings and, and he's a change. And he's, shown himself, what they have. and he's shown himself very well here as of late. My concerns about Stephen Wright would be the fact that knuckleballers tend to do three things. They walk people, they throw the ball to the backstop, and they give up home give runs. Up home runs right. And in the postseason the margin for error figures to be fine. Yeah. You give up a solo home run in the 7th inning of a game, maybe it's 3 to 2 it goes to 4 to 2. That could be the, the, the that could be the deciding Yeah, run. And that's the age old concern with knuckleballers. I mean, <clears throat> especially a knuckleballer out of a bullpen.
0: You know, if the knuckleballer is starting the game and it's clear by the 2nd inning that, you know, he doesn't have it and they're hitting him all over the park you know you've got several innings to rebound you come in and you know do what Wakefield did with Aaron Boone and the series is over obviously and that's not to pick on Tim Wakefield because he was a very good pitcher for the Red Sox for, for many many years but that's the uh, that's the downside of the knuckleballer obviously
1: now to be fair to, to Wright he has worked limited duty this year he's only pitched in 16 games his home run rate is less uh, than Hembry's. Mm-hmm. it's less than Kimbrel's uh, it's, it's uh, let's see yeah, he'd be he, he's giving up eight tenths of a home run per nine innings. Um, so, you know, maybe one, yeah, one a game, yeah. I guess. So one every nine appearances if he's pitching one inning at a time. One every four appearances if he's pitching two innings at a time. Mm-hmm. Um, so that might not be necessarily fair to hang on him at this point, but just in the back of your mind, you know that that danger is there sure. with that pitch. Sure. Uh, should we move on to position players? Sure. Uh, So the big question, I think, is
0: do the the Red Sox carry all three of their catchers? Uh, Sandy Leone, who has unfortunately been kind of an automatic out here uh, at the plate. Um, Christian Vasquez, who's recently returned from injury. And then uh, Blake Switehart. Do they go with three?
1: Cora made an interesting statement about this last week when he noted that Houston carried three catchers last year in the postseason. Mm -hmm. And and I don't think he said that by mistake. Uh, This is a, as we've said all year, He's a very prepared guy. He has an answer to just about every question. Mm -hmm. He's not just going to drop that innocuously. I I think he's sort of preparing us for the fact that they are going to put all three catchers on the roster. Uh, And I think you have to at this point. Uh, I think Sandy Leone probably does the best job of handling the staff. I would say that Rick Porcello is most comfortable throwing to him. Chris Sale, you could probably put him in that camp too. Mm -hmm. David Price maybe as well. Uh, He's 0 for his last 29. He's 1 for his last 40 at the plate. Right. So if you get into a situation in the fifth or sixth inning, and we saw this the other day um, against the Mets, where you have a threat with men on base, Brock Holt's coming in. Yeah. Or Steve Pierce is coming in. They're not going to let Leone have an at-bat of consequence late in the game, Um, which leads you to who will be the guy to replace him. Right. I think they feel most comfortable with Christian Vasquez as a receiver, as opposed to Blake Swihart, Mm -hmm. but I also think that they might look at Swihart and say, this guy can do more for us. He's a decent pinch runner. He's probably the fastest guy they would bring off the bench. Uh, unless make Lin, Lin somehow is right, a, right. a total surprise and makes the roster, <laughs> yeah. Swihart runs better than Holt. He runs better than Pierce. He runs better than Vasquez or Leon. There's mm-hmm. no question. Um, he could also, if you you know sort of get into this this pinch hitting, position switching, you get into an extra inning game, he could play first base. Yeah, he could play left field if you really need him to. Sure. Um, so I think his overall athleticism might get him onto the roster. And I, I think you're going to look and you're going to say they're carrying three catchers. I don't know if they necessarily view Swihart for those purposes exclusively as a right, catcher. Right, right. No, and, then, and that's
0: he's got a lot going for him in that sense. He can come in as a pinch runner. And uh, sometimes he can come in as a pinch hitter and may not catch, <laughs> You know, depending on wh- what part of the game it is, too. That's right. So, uh, <clears throat> so but what a, but certainly
1: ahead. on the bench, you're going to have backup catcher X Let's say, yeah. you're going to have Steve Pierce, and you're going to have Brock Holt, who yeah. all of a sudden, as a pinch hitter, has turned into like mana from heaven for these guys <laughs> as of late. Uh, sure, uh, you know, after the double against the Mets the other day, he's five for thirteen as a pinch hitter this year. Yeah, he's driven in seven runs, and all five hits have been for extra bases. Yeah, it's been great, and they certainly needed him, and and he did it against uh, one of the best pitchers in the league, right uh, against Jacob Degrom right, right. in a start. Yeah. He hits a home run. Yeah. Uh, hadn't hit a Fenway Park home run in over two years. Now he's got two in a week. Right. <laughs> right. <So laughs> that big gi- ones. Right. right. So that gives you an idea of, of the confidence that he's feeling yeah. right now. He'll, uh, certainly,
0: he'll certainly be on the roster. And i got to believe Steve Pierce will be on the roster as well. No question. A couple of dark horse candidates for you. And obviously we just eliminated Zouay Lin. We don't think he's going to be there. But
1: do you think Brandon Phillips has a shot here? I would be surprised yeah. if Phillips were to make it. Uh, I think the only way that he would end up on this roster is if they do carry- Carry eleven pitchers, um, you know. I think if if that number gets up to twelve, uh, he's no going to yeah. have a hard time, right? Yeah. Uh, because you figure if they carry twelve pitchers and they end up carrying three catchers, two catchers on the bench, Pierce Holt, that's four. Nine other position players is thirteen. Yeah. So the the numbers would squeeze out Brandon Phillips at yeah. that point. They mm-hmm. might squeeze out Rafael Devers at that point as well, who's going to be another very interesting decision. That's here. true. Yeah, yeah. what do they do with Devers? Now, Devers does have that uh, you know, pop
0: in his bat that they like to have on the bench. Uh, so I I think they're going to try and find a way to make sure he's on the roster. But, you know, as you said, they, they could change the roster from series to series. So he may not be there for every single series.
1: Well, it's standard reason that in a five-game series, you'd be more likely to carry 11 pitchers. Mm-hmm. In a seven-game series, you might carry 12.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, you need the extra
1: arms. Right, there, there could be a spot. In that seven-game series where you do have, up the, you do have that blow-up game uh, you know, where it's 10-3 to three in the fifth inning and you say, all right, we're up two games to one. We're not going to chase this game and throw all our bullpen guys even though we have a day off tomorrow let's just put brian johnson out there and and if he pitches well and throws a bunch of zeros maybe our offense can get us back in it right and then we'll go to some real bullpen guys at the end but i think you're more likely because of the two extra games to carry an extra pitcher then um so the the numbers being what they are if it is 11 and 14 for the division series it's going to be real hard to get brandon phillips on the roster Mm. but i i also think that Devers might end up being the last guy left off. And, hmm. and I think that will be a, a very difficult and much debated decision whether or not to keep him or leave him uh, in the days leading up to, to when they actually have to submit the roster.
0: Well, we'll be watching. It'll be interesting to see, uh, you know, as we said, there's 12 games left. So, you know, if there's another injury, maybe these decisions will become easier uh bill i think i hear the whistle from your train (laughs) uh getting uh calling people on board so we're going to wrap up this edition of the twin bills podcast and we will uh do it again uh when you return from this trip which takes the red sox to new york and then to cleveland Cleveland, i believe so a couple of good a couple of good uh, series you know how uh how important they they they'll be or remains to be seen here. Obviously, the Sox are going to wrap up the uh, the division, and then then still have the uh, the home field that they're they're playing for. Uh, and Cleveland's already wrapped things
1: up, so <laughs> who knows what kind of Cleveland Indians team we'll see? It, it, it kind of leads into what I'm going to be writing for Tuesday's journal, and and that's if you looked at this road trip at the start of the year, you, you might have thought these are going to be games of consequence. Absolutely. Uh, right. you know, you're know, you expecting the Red Sox and the Yankees to be life and death deep into September. Uh, Cleveland was clearly the best team in the AL Central, and folks thought that they were going to win their third straight division title. Uh, you couldn't have anticipated that the rest of that division would be horrendous right. and, and all be under 500. Uh, the fact that Cleveland has wrapped this up with about 15 games to go, uh, I would expect... Terry Francona to back off of his starting pitchers. Uh, he's already said he's going to back off Corey Kluber. I would expect him to do the same with Carlos Carrasco. Sure. Uh, I would think that they're going to try and find a way to get Trevor Bauer back here. Uh, you know, If there's any chance that he could heal from that ankle fracture, even if it's to pitch out of the bullpen, uh, he could be a difference maker for them. Um, you got some young guys like Shane Bieber who is probably going to go over more innings than he's pitched previously, so you you might want to limit his counts over the last two weeks. Um, you're also going to look at that bullpen. You want to rest a guy like Brad Hand, uh, a guy like Cody Allen, who they'll probably still need. Uh, you want Andrew Miller healthy. So that three-game series is going to be very, very different. Um, and if the Red Sox are able to clinch in New York, they're also going to be playing it yeah. very differently.
0: Yeah, and going it could look like a... Uh Uh, A minor league uh, game. Well, with that, let's wrap up this edition of Twin Bills. Safe travels, Bill. Thank you. Um, And we will do this again next week.